Amen. God is good. Man, I am excited to be in the house of the Lord. How many of you excited to be here in the house of the Lord this morning? You that are online, how many of you excited to be connected? Amen. Uh, whether it be you're here in the building or you're online, we are connected. And, and that's the amazing thing about God is that God is willing to connect to us wherever and whenever we're ready to connect. Amen. And uh, it's exciting. I know you're excited. You will be holding your baby boy in your hands at some point over the next uh, week or so. Uh, I know uh, I saw Isabella around a, a minute ago around, but Ethan is probably pressing on her bladder because uh, that, that's how, how, it, how it is. I, I remember when Patty was pregnant. This feels a little loud, so I'm getting a little bit of feedback. If you can lower my microphone just a hair. Um, when Patty was pregnant, man, it was uh, 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 all three of them. We, we had big babies. Um, and uh, they would press on her bladder, and all the moms are like, yep, I've been there before, uh, but God is good. I'm excited about what God is doing, and I'm excited about the fact that I know one thing, that he is sitting on the throne, and regardless of what's taking place around us, we need to understand the fact that God is on the throne, amen, and he is in complete control. And church, can I remind you that your eyes need to be fixed on him? I want to remind you that your eyes must be fixed on him. The minute that we take our eyes off of Jesus, issues happen. Issues come. Let, let, let me rephrase that. Issues are going to come and happen irrelevant of us having our eyes in Jesus or not. But if you take your eyes off of Jesus the issues and problems will overwhelm you and cause you to sink. I want to make sure I clear it up and say it the right way. Because there's a lot of people who think, oh, I came to Christ, everything should be fine. No, Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulations, problems, right? But have peace, I have overcome the world. Amen? Isabella, since you're still standing, and you and Sergio come up real quick, I want to pray over you guys as the babies come in this week. Uh, let, let, let's pray. You're already standing, so let's not make you, I don't know, God put that on my heart. So let's pray for that baby boy right now. So come on up here real quick. Just stand up here in the front, and everybody extend your hands towards them. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, as Ethan will be greeting us this week, I pray, Father, for a smooth delivery. I pray, Father, for everything to go in health in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for the purpose in his life will come to full fruition. I thank you, Father, for I know that you are in control. Come against any fears or doubts. I thank you, Father, for we know that um, all is going to go smooth. As well, Father, right now I lift up Andy and Nellie, as Nellie's also do this week. And, Father, we pray for that little baby girl that is going to grace us with her presence this week. Father, that you put your hand upon, upon her and, and the delivery. And we thank you, Father. But we know that you are in control. Right from right now, we just de declare that the purpose in the life of Ethan, as well as the purpose in the life of Andy and Nellie's daughter, is going to come to full fruition, Lord. And they're going to grow up serving you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Um, like, that was random. Man, I, there's one thing that I try to do. And is I, 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 if God puts something in my heart, I, I try not to leave it for later because chances are I'll forget. And, um, and I just saw you walk in. I was like, let's pray for that baby right now. 
um, and as well for, for Andy and Nellie's baby that's coming on the way. You know, there's power in prayer. And can I encourage you, this has nothing to do with the preach, preaching, we're going to get into that in a minute, but can I encourage you to do something, okay? Can I encourage you that when God puts somebody on your heart or on your mind, more than just saying a prayer for them, you reach out to them? Please do that. Because when God puts someone on your heart, it's because they need prayer. And they might need to hear a voice from someone that says, hey, I'm praying for you. And give them a call and check in on them. I can't tell you how many times that's happened in my life where I've gotten a text or a phone call and it was at the precise moment that maybe a little bit of discouragement was setting in or something was happening. And that text or that phone call just lifted me up. I'm sure it's happened to you guys as well. We're in the precise moment. God put somebody to call you or pray for you. And I encourage you, do that. Because you will be surprised at how many people are impacted by our obedience to God. Amen? So let's do that. And I encourage you, I urge you, do that this week. Give God a hand of praise this morning. We're going to jump into the word and uh, we've been in the series, Juicy Fruit, and you guys are aware we've been in this series uh, for, for the last seven weeks. This is the seventh part of this series. Actually, I, I, was, uh, I took advantage this past week that Monday was a teacher planning day, and our daughters didn't have school. It was virtual. We didn't have to be paying attention that the computer wasn't crashing or freezing. God bless Zoom. It's great, but man, God bless Zoom, because in the Worst moment, it stops working properly. I had to actually stop what I was doing the other day and uninstall it and reinstall it so that the microphone would work because it just wouldn't want to work. Um, but any which way, we took advantage and something that, that my wife and I do several times throughout the years, we, we separate time to seek the Lord and map out what we feel the Lord is directing us to. And, and we did that this week, the, the rest of 2020, the beginning of 2021 sermon series, and the Lord was just showing us the direction um, and, and as I was doing that and looking at what we call our preaching calendar, I realized that by the end of this series, we're going to have preached on the Holy Spirit or the works of the Holy Spirit in our life 21 weeks in 2020. Let me tell you, that is not a coincidence and it wasn't something we planned. But when we, in January or, or December, went away, we went away for a couple days to seek the Lord and, 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 and ask the Lord where he wanted us to go, I couldn't get past the series on the Holy Spirit, like the, that, that I was going to talk about the Holy Spirit. I couldn't, I couldn't see beyond it. And now I know why. Because God didn't want it to be three weeks, he wanted it to be 21, <laughs> right? And, and, and so it's, it's awesome to see. And as I talk to other pastors across our city and in other parts, there's been this common theme that we're seeing, this thread of the resurgence of teaching on the Holy Spirit. And it is imperative because the Holy Spirit brings power. Can I ask you a question? How many of you have ever lost power after a hurricane? Did any of you lose power extensively? And what would you do? I, I remember like when, when, when Hurricane Andrew came, I was little, but I remember we would go every single day to my uncle and my aunt's house. Because they had gas. So it means there was hot food at Theo's house. 
So every day we'd go to, to their house, right? Or you go to somebody's house. We, we got back from a conference several years ago and our AC had died. We tried to sleep about an hour in. We're like, I woke up, my mom was like, we're all going to your house. I'm going to the spare bedroom because we can't do this with no AC. What do we try to do? We try to go to where there is Let's try it one more time. We try to go to where there is power. And you know what the Holy Spirit gives the church? Power. Why is it that people don't go to the church? And I'm talking about the church as a whole, right? And don't tell me, oh, no, I know we're in COVID. No, I'm talking in general. Before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and 10 years from now, people want to go to where there is power. And if we're walking with the Holy Spirit, and we are walking with the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, there is power. And the unsaved will want to go to where there's power. And as I've said throughout this entire series that we've talked about stuff of the Holy Spirit, the revival that is coming upon this planet right now is not upon a preacher or a pastor or an evangelist. It's upon every single member of the body of Christ walking into Publix, Kroger's, if you live in a different state or whatever, walking into whatever supermarket that is in your region and seeing someone that's ill, praying over them and they're receiving their healing. Seeing someone that's going through a problem, you laying hands on them and God showing up. It's upon the church where the power of the Holy Spirit will be manifest. Not a building. Buildings are great. As a matter of fact, we're praying for our new building. And in Jesus' name, it's coming soon. But it's not about the building. It's about each and every one of us as members of the body of Christ, as members of the church. Amen? I went on a tangent. We'll get back to Juicy Fruit here. We've been talking about love. We've talked about joy. We talked about peace last week. I encourage you to go back and listen to them if you've missed any of them. But the fruit of the Spirit, if you read it in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, you should know it already by memory, all right? It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, long-suffering, Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against this, there is no law. And every week I remind you, it says the fruit of the Spirit is, if we can put the big old fruit on there, it is because it is one fruit, not many fruits, it's one. Which means that every single one of us are to walk in every one of these nine areas, in love, joy, and peace, in long-suffering or patience, which is what we're going to talk about today, in goodness and in faithfulness. We need to walk in gentleness. We need to walk in self-control, every single believer. Now, patience, let's talk about it a little bit. Patience means endurance, constancy, steadfastness, forbearance, Long-suffering, which is the way that it's translated there in the New King James Version. There's other words that mean patience that you see throughout Scripture. Forbearance is one of them. Graciousness. And this is part of the definition of patience that I like. Slowness in avenging wrongs. Slowness in avenging wrongs. Now, can I tell you something? Patience, and what we're going to be talking about today, it's for the believer. 
okay? The unbeliever, the lost world, in the same way that the world could not give you love, joy, or peace, the world cannot walk in the same patience that you and I walk in because they don't have Christ. Jesus said it, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I want to ask you this question this morning. Are we short on patience? And again, this question is to the believer, to the Christians. Are we short on patience? I mean, are we patient or lack patience when things don't go fast enough? You know when the light turns green and immediately somebody's honking their horn? Immediately. Are we forgiving people? Are we refusing to endure mistreatment or ill treatment? Because all of that ties into patience. And as believers, we are called to walk in this patience. And we are called to walk in this fruit of the Spirit. Patience. Now, how do we learn about patience? How do we learn it? Do we pray for patience? Anybody here ever prayed for patience? Don't. Where are my muscle guys at? You, you work out. You're a muscle lady. You work out and stuff like that. How do you build muscle? By resistance. Right? It's resistance. You get on the bench. You put weight, and you begin to bench press the weight. And as you bench press that weight, they add more weight so that the muscle may continue to grow. With that same mindset, if you're praying for patience, you're only going to build your patience through more trials. So don't pray for patience. What is the best way to learn something? By seeing it in others. And who's the greatest example of patience? God. We learn patience by looking at it in God's character. We see patience in God's character. Look at Romans chapter 2, verse 4 says. Go to Romans chapter 2, verse number 4. Do you despise the riches of his goodness? He's talking about God. His forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. God's goodness, his patience, his forbearance, his long-suffering leads us to repentance. I'm going to give you just a few examples about showing God's patience in Scripture. I'm going to start with the book of Genesis. Y'all remember Adam and Eve. God creates all of the earth, all of creation. He makes Adam. He makes Eve. He tells them, you can eat anything you want. The only thing you can't do is eat this tree. What do they go do? Eat that tree. Eat that tree. Why? Why'd they eat the tree? Now, what did God's mercy and his patience, again, his slowness to avenge, what did he do? The consequence of their eating of the fruit, which brought sin, was to get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. But he didn't, like, kick them out of the Garden of Eden and strike them with a lightning bolt. No. He covered them with the skin of an animal, and already started showing, foreshadowing, promising that his son was going to come as the way to restore relationship with him. He showed patience. Abraham, we know him as the father of faith. 
But do you know that Abraham had several instances in the book of Genesis where he lacked faith? Where he was going to walk into a city and he got his wife and said, don't tell them you're my wife. Tell everybody you're my sister. Because if they know you're my wife, they might want to kill me to take you for you are so beautiful. And she was like, I don't know, I'm just saying, right? God showed patience. As a matter of fact, God protected the people from entering sin, taking Sarah and making her somebody's wife. God shows us in his patience to the children of Israel. The children of Israel had a back and forth dance. I serve you, God. I serve Baal. I serve God. I serve the other God. It's back and forth. He forgave them. He showed patience. He shows patience to us. I mean, maybe you're a better Christian than I am, but I can tell you so many times in my life where I'm like, God, I'm so sorry for X, Y, or Z, right? And I'm not going to do it again. And 15 minutes later, you're doing it again. But he forgives you every single time, and he's patient with you. And he's like, come here, my son. Let me dust you off and get you back up. A great example of seeing God's patience is with the children or with the, with the, the city of Nineveh, or the country of Nineveh. The book of Jonah, you can read it, all of the book of Jonah, but God calls Jonah one day and says, hey, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach to them. And you know what Jonah did? Instead of going on I-95 south, he went on I-95 north, right? He went the exact opposite way of where God told him to go. We know the story, some of us do. If not, go back and read the book of Jonah. While he's on that ship, a storm comes. They're all trying to figure out what's going on. Jonah's like, hey, y'all, it's my fault. God told me to go south, and I went north. Throw me in the ocean, everything will be cool. They finally end up throwing him in the ocean. A big, giant fish comes over, grabs him. Three days in the belly of the fish. Drops him off right at Nineveh. It was the first Uber in the Bible. All right, no, it's good. I thought it was funny. I am a king of dad jokes. Um, but drops him off at Nineveh. He preaches, and you know what the people do at Nineveh? They repent. And you know what Jonah did? I knew you were going to do it. That's why I didn't want to go in the first place, God. Because you're so merciful, and you're so patient, and you're so good. And I wanted these people to burn. Basically what he did. So he went and he hid. This is in Jonah chapter 4. And God makes a tree come up to give him shade. And then the tree dies, and he gets upset about the tree dying. And he looks at God and says, why is it? And this tree, and God's like, dude, like, like you're more upset about a tree that you did nothing to make plant or grow and, and, and upset about all this and upset about the fact that people who I created, I have relented because they repented. God's character shows us patience. And not only does God's character show us patience, the best example of patience that we can follow is Jesus. Jesus is our example of patience. God shows it. But then Jesus became flesh, 
And while here on earth, he showed us what patience looked like. There's a time when one of the disciples of Philip comes up to him and he's like, Jesus, can you show us the Father? And he's like, dude, how long do I got to be with you and remind you that I and the Father are one of you? See me, you see the Father. Patience in his answer. We see it with Thomas. Thomas, one of his disciples, hears everything that Jesus has been saying about he's going to die. He's going to come back from the grave. And when they come and they tell everybody, Jesus is alive. He resurrected. Y'all remember what Thomas said? I got to see his hands and I got to see his feet. I'm not Jesus. Thank God. If, if I would have been Jesus, I would have been like, you want to see the hands? Let me show you the hand, right? Like, let, let, me, let me make you feel the hole. You feel that? Bre- no, I'm just kidding. Be like, you want to see the holes in my feet? Here, come on over. You know? That's not what Jesus did. Jesus looked at him, tenderhearted and impatient, and said, Thomas, you need to see it to believe it. Hear my hands. Thomas, you need to see it. Hear my, hear my feet. Put your fingers in the hole. What better example that Jesus showing patience while on earth than with Peter? Y'all heard me say it a lot. To me, Peter had some Cuban in him, or Cubans are descendants of Peter. Because Peter was like a chao palante, you know what I mean? Like he was, the, he was the one that always had an answer. He's the one that when they came to arrest Jesus, pulled out a sword and chopped off somebody's ear. And Jesus like, Peter, again, man, your attitude, your anger, no. And he got the ear and prayed over the guy and healed him. Peter's the one that denied Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times when Jesus was on his way to the cross. And what did Jesus do when he rose from the grave and found Peter and the other disciples fishing? He brought them over and three times asked Peter, hey, Peter, do you love me? Three times. Why? To show that forbearance, to show that forgiveness, to show that patience. How about with Saul, who we now know as Paul? Saul was walking around looking for Christians to kill them. The guy was an assassin. Sanctioned assassin for the Jewish church, for the synagogue. He had letters to go to places, and if anybody was following the way, to kill them. He was there when Stephen was martyred. And they say that they took Stephen's clothes right before killing him and threw it at Paul's or Saul's feet. What did Jesus do to Saul when Saul was on his way to Damascus with letters in hand to find other Christians and kill him? Jesus showed up and he didn't show up saying, all right, bro, I'm here. Now what? No, he showed up and said, why are you chasing me? Why are you persecuting me? And Saul repented. And goes on to write almost two-thirds of the New Testament. God is our person that we look to and see in his character what patience look like. And Jesus is the example of that patience in action. He's that example of patience in action. Hey, I want you to jot this down. Do you know that you and I, we are strengthened for patience. We are strengthened for patience. We are given divine strength to walk in 
patience. Look at what Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 says. Colossians 1, 11. Colossians 1, 11. Right, thank you, you found it faster than I did. Strengthened with all might, power, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Not just are we given divine strength to walk in patience, but to do it with a smile on our face. To do it full of joy. Strengthened in power to walk in patience. Again, I, I told you at the beginning, this that we're talking about of patience, all right? It is not for the world who doesn't know Jesus. It is for us as believers. It is for us to walk in this. We cannot expect it of the one that doesn't know Christ. We can only expect it of the ones who follow Christ. And can I tell you something? The secret to this is to stay connected. See, because when we're running late... Maybe, maybe again, maybe it's just me. But, but if I went to sleep later than I should have and I woke up late in the morning and I'm rushing to get the kids ready or log them in or do this, that, or the other, and before you know it, I went about doing my day and the only time I mentioned God was when somebody cut me off and I was like, oh God. <laughs> no prayer, no reading of the scripture, no connecting to God. The fact that I was running on empty... I wasn't able to show the patience. The fact that I was exhausted, not rested. The fact that I didn't pursue God. I couldn't show the patience. But if we are connected, as we talked about at the beginning of this series, God is the gardener, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. We are placed into the branch when we come to Christ. And what flows through the vine and the branches to produce the fruit, the Holy Spirit, which is the sap. And if the sap isn't flowing, the fruit ain't growing. That's a good shirt. <laughs> Somebody jot that down. If the sap ain't flowing, the fruit ain't growing. I like that one. Maybe we make copyright. Somebody send the copyright thing now, quick, you know. Make it into the next wristband. For real, write it down. I'm going to forget it. If the sap ain't flowing, the fruit ain't growing. All right, thanks. Some of y'all probably may be watching our service for the first time, and you're like, this guy's nuts. That's all right. Nuts for Jesus. We're given divine strength for patience. I want you to jot this down if you're taking notes. God desires for us to show patience. Not only does he give us the strength to do it, then he desires us to show it. See, it does you no good to have it and not use it. I mean, it does you no good to have it and not use it. We got to show it. And the Bible tells us, go to 1 Thessalonians 5.14, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Look what it says. We exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, 
Be patient with the people who are nice to you. Be patient to the people who didn't hurt you. Be patient to the people who work with you. No, no, no. no. Be patient with the people who root for the Dolphins and not the Jets. No, be, be patient. It says, be patient with all. Be patient with all. God desires us to show patience. Now, I want everybody to buckle up because this one's rough. Come on, everybody. I want to see. I'm watching you. I want everybody want to see built on. Come on. Ponte cinturón. I'm watching you. Ponte cinturón. Are you ready? Patience requires forgiveness. Patience requires forgiveness. See, God's character showed patience in forgiving Adam and Eve in forgiving Abraham, in forgiving the children of Israel, in forgiving Nineveh, in forgiving you and me. Patience requires forgiveness. Look what Matthew chapter 18 says. Matthew 18 verses 21 and 22. Again, Peter. It's Peter. He looks at Jesus and he says, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother? How often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? I mean, Peter thought he was doing well, right? Because you know how that is? Like, maybe Peter wanted to say three times, and he was like, no, let me take it up a notch. Times two plus one. Common core math. Double plus one. Some of, if y'all don't know what I'm talking about, it's because you don't have kids in elementary school right now. Double plus one. Double minus one. Dude, just learn how to add and subtract. And multiply. Anyways. He's like, seven times? And Jesus' answer said, I don't say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now, some of y'all math people, and they're like, 490 times. All right, so I'm going to buy a journal for each person that I know. But like, keeping records here. That's not what Jesus was saying. Basically, what he was saying, he was using an idiom or an expression to say, you don't keep record of wrong. You just forgive people. You just forgive people. Oh, but they did that. You forgive people. But they didn't say, I'm sorry, forgive them anyway. But they did it on purpose. Forgive them. Forgive them. See, because if there's lack of forgiveness in you, if you're holding on to grudges, you won't be patient. I've seen it in the lives of my girls, where maybe something happens that we already had a conversation about, and it happens right away again, and I lose my patience. <laughs> and part of the fact that I lose my patience is because we just had a conversation about it 32 seconds ago. So it was very fresh. I haven't forgiven it yet, maybe. It's harder to be patient if there's not forgiveness. Can I give you another example? Colossians 3.13. Look at what Colossians 3.13 says. Bearing with one another. 
forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you so also must do. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And as we forgive, we'll be able to walk and show patience. As we walk connected to the vine, as we follow the example of God, as we see it in his character, and we follow the example of Jesus, as we understand that being connected to the vine, we're able to receive that divine power to walk in patience. As we're able to understand the reality that we have to show forgiveness. Church, we will walk in patience. Many times people say things like, well, this is just the way I am. That may have been the way you were, but when you come to Jesus, you are made new. The old things have passed away, therefore all things become new. But I have a past, yep. And when God forgives you, he forgets it. So you need to forget it too. But I have this, I have that. Oh, I just speak loud because I'm Cuban. <laughs> Alexandra told me that the other day. I'm Cuban, dad. Ciao, please. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> we use those things as cop-outs. Can I tell you something? When we come to Christ, we are made new. And we are all, put, put the mango up, put the whole, the whole big mango. We're all called to show love, to show joy, to show peace, to show patience, to show kindness, to show goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of it together is the fruit. You can't have one without the other. And it starts with love because without love, you're not going to have joy. Without love, there ain't no peace. Without love, there's no patience because the reality is that patience can be defined as love in action. Let us Stay connected and allow the fruit to flow and be patient. Come on, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Perhaps this morning, whether you're here in person or online, Something that I said this morning under the anointing of the Holy Spirit struck a chord with you. And perhaps you're there and you're like, man, I, I, I don't get it. I've never been able to demonstrate this. And it, maybe it's because you've never entered a real, full relationship with God. Oh, but pastor, I've grown up going to church. Yes, you may go to the building. But the question is, have you ever surrendered? See, going to the church doesn't make you a Christian. How many of you know, I've used this example before, it's just been a while. Sitting in a garage will never make you a car. Ever. Coming here will not make you a Christian. It's recognizing that we need a Savior. 
So if this morning you say, you know what, I, I, I can't walk in this stuff because I've never truly surrendered to God. What does it take? Well, this is what the Bible says. It says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The first thing you need is to believe that Jesus is the son of God. And the second thing is so easy. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth what you believe in your heart, you shall be saved. You need to say it and you need to tell people. So if that's you, if you've never surrendered and today you want to surrender, or perhaps you, you got disconnected and you want to get regrafted, reconnected to the branch, to the vine, I just want you to say this prayer with me today. In church, we can pray it together and say, God, I'm a sinner and on my own, I can't get to you, but I believe that Jesus is your son, that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay the price of my sin. So today, I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart. Write my name in the book of life. And from now on, God, I'm yours. And you are mine in Jesus' name. <laughs> we talked about it last week, or two weeks ago. We talked about joy. The Bible says that when somebody repents, there's joy in heaven. Right now, as people got right with God, whether it be here in the building or online, there's a party going on in heaven. But I want you to tell us and tell somebody about what you did today. In the comment box, you can just type in Jesus if you got right with God today or if you surrendered your life to Jesus for the first time. Or you can text us the word Jesus to the church number 786-226-7343. Just text the word Jesus. If you're here in person, let us know. See Pastor Fernie or Monica, my wife or myself after service just so we can pray with you. And Father, this morning, we thank you for your faithfulness and goodness. And Lord, we... We ask you to help us stay connected so that we can walk and flow in the fruit. That we may give the fruit because we are connected to the vine. We thank you, Father, for you give us strength to show patience. As patience, that, that first portion of the fruit that is for other people. We don't need to be patient with you, and God knows we're patient with ourselves. We need to show patience to people. Help us show patience to people. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we just worship him a minute?